Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my friend, co-host, and guy who's kind of a cat, not as much a dog. Dom DeLuise. Alex Dandino, sorry. Yeah, the modern day, the, the modern era is Dom DeLuise. The modern Dom Alex DeLuise. Dandino. <laughs> this is what happens after evolution, Dom DeLuise. All right, <laughs> before today's uh, gift to our pal Dandingo, a little business, people. It is official. We are on Patreon. That's right, patreon.com. You oh, can yeah. join for as little as a dollar a month. It means the world to us that you guys support us. Um, and as you get in, you can meet our community, vote on the movies you want to hear in our Patreon exclusive library. We've got mini series, commentaries. Uh, you can pick stuff. your own double feature. So much good stuff. We're constantly working to uh, make our Patreon a little bit more tasty for you. Oh, yeah. A little more tasty and worth your monies for you. So, uh, good accent again, work. yeah, I'm, you know, that's the kind of stuff you can expect over on Patreon.com slash Film Alchemist pod. For those of you who already support us, thank you. For those of you who are about to, thank you as well. Much obliged. You can go to YouTube, subscribe to our channel, Film Alchemist. You can email us, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. You can find us on all the social media you're on, uh, joining us there and sharing our stuff on your social medias. An awesome free way to help the show. Another amazing free way to help the show. Leave those rating and reviews, five-star, couple sentences, wherever and everywhere you find podcast help us defeat the algorithmic uh cat our walls that are holding us down using little puppets i guess to confuse us yeah seems a little we're all a little simple but that's all right enough of that business guys we are here this month to do some work we're gonna we're gonna put on our knee pads and kneel before dandino oh, dear god he's got his little his little whips out he's got his bowl of grapes He's going to give us the lashes until what? we give him what he wants. What is this world you've constructed? Good Lord. We're, he shackled us up on the rack and he's giving it a twist. Pulling our spinals apart <laughs> as it pleases him and him alone. Uh, this month, the pod delights Dandy. <laughs> now you're some kind of like penhead Yo, overlord. What is month. going on? The pod delights Dandino. Um, our, our overlord without a safe word. <laughs> has been born this month. I've reached out to his mother, his wife, and myself. We formed a brain trust uh, to discuss movies as gifts to Alex. It mean a lot to Alex. Uh, today's movie actually comes from Alex's mother, Donna Dandino, the old double D, right? Her and Dom DeLuise, the quadruple Ds. Our I first, to her. Our first live commentary guest. <laughs> Yeah, your mother was our first commentary test subject, and we made her watch Society. That yep. is true. I feel good about so that. So you know that your mother loves you very dearly. I do. I love my mom. She told me a movie that meant the world to you when you were a kid, and she even implied your it meant a lot to your entire family. Yes. Uh, was an American tale. True. So today we're doing not an American tale, but an American tale. Five goes west because that had more specific meaning to you as a child. True. So I'm going to clear out of the way and let you paint a picture of of young Dandino in your Italian sure. uh, dwelling watching well, this 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 mouse uh, <laughs> rendition 
And what did it do for you specifically? Picture it. Sicily. 19th. No, <laughs> Picture it. Noblesville, Indiana. <laughs> uh, no. So American Tail is very important to my family because my at least my father's side of the family like i think my dad is third generation uh italian american immigrant like my family came here through ellis island we can trace our roots through there they actually changed our name my cousin garrett's restaurant in seattle dantini's is our original family name they changed it to Dandino. you were a dantini dantini oh that's got so much snap to it yeah and they changed it to Dan- dandino at ellis island those hateful bastards so dantini dantini and now you're just like Dandino. sorry sounds like dandino so dantini dandino oh what a crime against your entire life <laughs> i'm actually sad i kind of wish you were dantini yeah. yeah me too man it was a it was a good family <laughs> name but anyways uh so sorry something's going on with my mic weird um either way so american tale very important part of like my family history it's like one of two movies my father will cry like ugly cry during really my pat my my dad patrick very stoic gentleman but that dude will break (laughs) down to tears because he's he's very uh what's the other movie garbage pail kids I don't know. What is the other movie? It, what whatever the other movie is, it has to do with my dad's my dad has a lot like he can't watch father son movies. My dad is very emotional oh. in that regard. Like so, a field of dreams is a pat bomb. Probably, yeah. Like he has a lot of there's you know, again, not to get too into it, my my dad, like I love my grandfather, but my dad and my grandfather got along, but their relationship wasn't as close as I think my dad always wished it was. So Oh, damn, we're getting some tea today, some deep, deep shit. So, conversely, like, my brother and I's relationship with our father is very close. And American Tales on one of those movies, when I was born, my dad watched and felt very close to. And, you know, when a boy is separated from his son, it's something my dad keys into. However, the big story with Five Goes West, an infamous Dandino birthday party. Um, my mother was... A month out of the hospital with Polly, mm-hmm. um, we were living in Washington D.C. Polly Dantini. We we were living in Silver Spring, Maryland, which is right outside Washington D.C. If you've ever been to D.C. during the summer, it's hot and sweaty. It's fucking terrible. It's like a thousand percent humidity. <laughs> I I asked for this Fievel Goes West themed birthday party and, my, <laughs> and you know my parents were like oh yeah sure we'll go to like a park or something like that so there was this like there was this nature park out there of course in a fucking swamp because it's you know maryland and my dad my mom called ahead and she made sure that like the bathrooms were available and that the nature center was open and all that stuff like oh yeah no problem what they neglected to, to, to add was that oh yeah no problem it'll be open as long as we're here they did not add the addendum for my mother so what happened was was we showed up for the party me and 12 of my compadres i think maybe eight i don't know so it's that and the nature center's close so there's no bathrooms for anyone uh it's sweaty everyone's wearing kerchiefs in theme of course because it's five goes west 
and I also Y'all have look ice like cream a bunch cake. of little howdy duties. So my you dad got no bathroom. The, my dad opens the ice cream cake box and it's just melting through the bottom. Like he's already and so no bathroom, the ice, <laughs> ice cream, cream cake's cake. melting, the kids are going nuts, it's hot and sweaty, and it's the first time in my life that I can recall. There's this moment infamous where my dad throws his handkerchief on the ground and just shouted fuck in front of all these little kids <laughs> and if you know my dad that is fairly rare in front of children your dad went full wily burp yeah he lost he his went, mind but i loved this movie when i was a kid like it was yeah. it was the fucking i did too actually so i i like i know it's kind of like this and rescuers down under were like the same. two great underappreciated sequels very much so very much so i agree but yeah, um, Five Goes West is just it was like it was like an ultimate kid movie because it does like yeah. kind of put you in this driver's seat of like, oh, I could also one day fight in the old west. Even though it was like the '90s and there's no way there's any old west left other than like parts of Texas, I guess. Now but- there are just olds in the west. They've taken <laughs> over. They've made their settlements. Uh, that's where they go. It's over for us. Um, yeah, I I was just struck by I kind of miss this movie right it feels like now we have disney minions and mm-hmm. yeah. dog shit right like that one with like the arctic fox delivery service it's like one of the worst movies i ever sat through <laughs> um i miss where there used to be these kind of grittier animated movies because th- right. this movie was for me as a kid i think you said it right it was kind of this ultimate fantasy and i never even gave a shit about the cowboy thing but i think this mu- movie beautifully captures that idea yeah Today, watching it as an adult, I'm like, this movie's equally impactful as me. There's, like, a really hefty uh, death of the American dream oh, ghost yeah. in this that I had completely fucking forgotten. Um, probably because the last time I saw this movie, I was, like, nine years old, right? Right. So I got to watch it with my kids today, and we we really cherish that experience. But right off the bat, man, the title's starting. You're like, Spielberg producing. Uh, Jimmy Stewart. Yep. Uh, you've got... James Horner doing the music. So you just have this like, yep. you know, breadth of talent. And it's all, in it's this all animated the playoff film. Aaron Copeland too. So it's this like great American West overtures the entire time. It's like James yeah. Horner directing Aaron Copeland. It's fucking beautiful. So you come in and you already there's all this talent and there's yeah. I, the, the opening is kind of this, this ultimate kid fantasy thing you're talking about. Right. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was just so that the energy and the vibrance of that moment. Right. Of him kind of doing the Cowboys, Wild West. Like, me, when we were kids, we never fucking played Cowboys and Indians. That shit was already lame by the time we were kids. <laughs> we were like Ninja Turtles and Foot yeah, Clan. we were doing right? a lot of Ninja Turtles. We, we were doing cool shit, you know? Keep your fucking old pappy crap back in the covered wagon here where it belongs. Right, yeah. But the moment where he he's going through this fantasy, right? And he's, he's fighting alongside this wily burp, this fucking, you know, comic book sheriff is Billy the Kid, right? And then you start hearing his mother's voice. And the fantasy slowly drips away with the water into this, um, you know, kind of alley sewer region of the Bronx where they live. I thought that moment was so fucking beautiful because that's exactly what I remember feeling like. Same. How immersed you get in these fantasies. And then when you're pulled back into the real. Yeah. Um, But Fievel doesn't lose his shine, man. So right off the bat, I just I felt this very warm glow from this movie right before we even get to the family stuff which they really hammered home on this so so walk me through your thoughts as you're diving back into the uh 
the West. It's like riding. A bike, I guess this man. is still the East. <laughs> I mean, I what I like about the opener is yeah, like that melting away. I don't know about you, but I was like, oh wow, I remember feeling that mute coming back from the real world when I'm like done playing. Like I'm especially, I don't know, like when I was a kid, I would have like really immersive sessions, just like, oh man, I am totally in this. And then you'd like come in for dinner. And that was before you discovered yourself. And that was before, yeah, I had fun adult times. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's a, the the movie really (laughs) plays with this, how, we want people to see us, right? And so yeah. we see it through the eyes of the children first, right? He wants to be this hero. He's flipped his uh, his iconic five-hole hat into a cowboy Flipped hat. into a 10-gallon, yeah. Yeah, and uh, his sister wants to sing, but everyone fucking throws food at her, which is how they <laughs> feed the Mousekowitz family. Yeah, the Mousekowitz family um, is not doing well. <laughs> it's really a bummer, right? And yeah. this is where the, the kind of two merge, right? Because not only is there the kids want to see themselves as heroes and singers, right? The father wants to see himself as this person who can achieve the American dream. Right. And he talks about this, you know, America's supposed to be a land of opportunity. Opportunity for what? Right. Right. You know, and then uh, the girl busts in and mocks her own saying, like, maybe if I sing, they'll throw presents for five. And he's like, ah, and he's like, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Maybe things. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, this is really fucking sitting on me. We're now questioning the death of the American dream. In the middle of this fucking right. cat I mean, and mouse movie. Well, and I think that's what's interesting about the movement from the first one to the second one. Like the American, like an American tale is all about the chasing of the American dream, and like the the lengths you go to get that dream to achieve that. So, like, what's interesting is we're starting in a place for it being for the opener being about the fantasy a child has about wanting to be somebody else, like just. Or right. just wanted to be somewhere else in general. The stark contrast of the reality of what the life really is, of what the real, like, what it takes for the American dream. That's where, that that that's where, like, this adult Dan Dino watches it. And I'm like, good Lord, I am so in tune with this part right here. Like, all the fantasy stuff is like, you're remembering that so fondly. And then the adult stuff, you're like, yep. There it is. There's the death of my American dream. <laughs> yeah. Even like the fucking cats coming in and like, you know, lots of violence, like, no eating. Like that scene is legitimately community. horrifying to watch. Yeah. And it, it just kind of reminds me of how often the, the kids movies today just feel very sanitized. Right. Right. They'll use like the death of a family member to try to like, or, oh, you know, dad dies. He's a fat loser. Make fun of him. Um <laughs> Like, you see that a lot. Like, when I watched Peppa Pig, I was like, God damn, that fucking father needs to divorce this family, run away, and find some young This is piglet. why I like Bluey. This is what we do, Bluey. Yeah, the they're house. so fucking mean to to Papa Pig, man. It's, yeah. it's fucking ridiculous. Not a piglet. I don't know what a teenage or, like, an 18-year-old pig would be called. I don't know. Hoss? I mean, it is weird because in Peppa Pig, the queen is actually still a human. So that's some kind of, like, Dr. Moreau nightmare. Yikes. So I'm assuming that uh, the adult hybrids have just been subjected to all kinds of fucking you know who would know dungeon horse you know who would know the name of an adult pig is my mom donna dandino she grew up on a double d's well we'll hit her up (laughs) but that that scene like legitimately was terrifying i was like i'm about to watch 
this father or son get eaten in front of each other. Yeah. And then them just rafting down the sewer to where all of the mice are fooled by this very fucking janky marionette show. Right. Which actually didn't bother me because that's one of those like, you know, at this point they're looking for any fucking way out. Yeah. It's the same place they were in when they came to America. It gets so bad and someone says, hey, here's a shot. And you just have that adventurer spirit to go fucking take it, right? You got nothing to lose. You're going for it. Um, there's a scene in that. This movie is visually so beautiful. Awesome. But the scene in there when they're all reaching for the tickets. Yeah. And it pulls back, right? And you see their shadowy hands reaching up towards mm -hmm. Catterwall, who you can see in the sewer grate. I was like, God, it's just a beautiful haunting image. Um, so that's what I noticed a lot today, man. My childhood fun, right? Like even Tiger, who's doing his Tiger's like an amazing cartoon movie character. Yeah. But he's really just like, don't leave. I want to keep fucking beating cheeks. And she's like, see ya. And I he's going through this existential crisis. I never that girl's name, by the way. Never. I never knew it. That's a good question. I don't know if I know it. Because she called him like pussy poo poo or whatever. Uh, no, no. That's uh, Catterwall's owner's Right. That's name. His, his name from the enormously busty lady who keeps trying to suffocate him. Yeah. Oh, I think it's Which just was Miss a gimmick Kid that a lot of old cartoons used to do where small skinny men or animal like anthropomorphized animals being yeah. smothered in gigantic boobs just enormous breasts yeah this yeah, was like we just rewatched the uh the black cauldron and that was like a whole fucking thing in that movie too yeah this is like <laughs> this was also i think there's i was re i was actually reading about this and because i i think this is i always remember this being drawn so different from a lot of the other movies of that era like it again it falls under that don bluth uh mm -hmm. studio type thing so this was actually amblimation one of the last ones that they made was steven spielberg's um animation arm of amblin they had this and they had we're back the dinosaur movie right that was the balto yeah like it's in oh, sort of all balto. the same vein of this and it's so balto beautiful. is when they were starting to get closer to like a disney knockoff yeah, well, Balto that was also when they veered a little deeper into digital animation. Like, mm -hmm. they were, this was the last one that they were, like, hyper-stressed on doing cell animation. I remember, mm -hmm. like, I read, like, I read that they went through something like 293,000 cells with Jesus the artists. Christ. Like, I mean, like, this was, and they were very specific because of the way the movie needed to look. They wanted it to, like, there's one digital shot, which is, like, the veranda of the West. Yeah. Other than that, it's all drawn, and, like, you can fucking And that's, like, tell. the last shot of the movie. Beautiful. Yeah. 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 No, it's it's stunning. And the way that certain images look moist or look covered in dirt, they, they really do a wonderful job on this. Yeah. Um, The scene when they, the scenes when they first get to Green River, right? And they've just lost their kid, right? Fievel uncovered the ruse, and they watched him be thrown from the train, <sighs> right? It's fucking horrifying. And when you watch this family, like, well, now this is what we gave up Fievel for. No matter where they go in this land of opportunity, they find nothing but misery. Right. And they must keep finding strength, right? And the cat, like, raising his arms like he's the fucking uh, Christopher Lee and the Wicker Man, <laughs> right? Yeah, very much Before the much sun, so. you're like, this is Join really... Me. Yeah, it's so fucking haunting, man. And John Cleese is great. But John Cleese is amazing. Neither here nor there, but I like those images, right? Or uh, especially a scene where you see the difference in the cell animation and where I yeah. think it really pays dividends is when 
he sees or hears the sister singing, right? Yeah. In the scene where she dances with his paw is still such a beautiful and memorable moment yeah, to it's me. It's awesome. Yeah, watching her get gobbled up by the fame monster. Um, there are just moments like that that it just looks so beautiful. The stuff in the saloon. It's that little extra texturing. Yeah. There's and I don't I, I'm not I'm not savvy enough on animation processes to explain why that is. But th- there's a crunchiness to it that I adore. Well, to me, like, I always point at the the Mirage stuff. Like, that's always the mm-hmm. one that I'm like, why is this working so well? Because, like, mm-hmm. every other movie you see a stupid Mirage bit in, you're like, oh, God, we get it. It's definitely a Mirage. <laughs> like, I think because <laughs> this one, for one, the payoff is different. Like instead of it just being a mirage and then they find a place, like the payoff is literally like Tiger and Fievel pass each other, pass each other thinking yeah. they're mirages, which is a great bit. Like I think because of that and because there's more to it than just a bit with a cacti stabbing you, yeah. it makes more sense. And it has more oh, I mean, my, my kids were just living and dying in this movie because I watched it with them. And they liked it for the most part, but Tiger was the lifeblood for them. Anything where, like, Tiger running from the dogs and then dogfish, like, ah, him pretending to be a fish. Yeah. Him, you know, and his dog. Like, they loved anything Tiger. And I could see them start to kind of get a little glassy-eyed and the rest of them, they're like, wait, what what is this? Like, what's happening? (laughs) And this movie, I forgot, this movie is fucking crispy. Like, this movie's like an hour and ten minutes long. Like, this this fucking thing books it is 85 and no fatter 75 there is essentially no second act fat right they just go the mice are being uh caught in a ruse yeah the mice are being and tricked into going west and will be mouse burgers yeah i guess the act two is five falls off the train and then gets to town 10 minutes later (laughs) and then they're going to kill every citizen there i will say catterwall's plan strikes me as one of the dumbest in movie history (laughs) It's not great. It's not well thought through. It seems like it'd be better to get all of the mice to keep coming out and then just slowly one by one they start disappearing. I always like, oh, feel scorpions like... and hawks. Like, like those those animals, those mice had never seen a scorpion. Just be like, there's a scourge right. of demons. Watching it today, I realize that's part of the bit of Caterwall is the short-sighted plan of like, oh, I just need one meal of yeah. sandwich mouse. And it'll be, I think it'll it's be a great. little fat caddy, right? You know, yeah, tricking people caddy. with this. You can come out and there's a shortcut to the American dream. Right. I mean, that I think it's a weird lesson to try to foist onto the Mouskowitzes, but that's yeah, it's here. not. It, again, that part, not as well thought through. <laughs> but yeah. I will me- say, I don't know how much the, the difference is between making fiddles to violins, but I think the Mouskowitzes are about to eat. Yeah. I think they're about to get that bag. And run this Wild West. Uh, they'll probably take over that hoochie salon. Yeah, definitely. And it's, I, it's go time. For me, when I was a kid, this was always the part. And I remember, like, this was one of, like, the five VH tapes, VHS tapes we would travel with because I, I loved this movie. Oh, yeah. The little portable-ass TV VCR yeah, yeah. combos. Well, oh, see, <laughs> we so we had that. And then my parents, it was like that. It was Five Goes West. We're back. And then all the Star Wars movies. So those were the ones we traveled. Those were the VHSs we always traveled with. 
And yeah, my parents like, like ratched strapped a little TV so that I could just, cause they were like, we got to figure this out to make sure that this kid isn't just going to the hard days of parenting before yeah. you can just be like, here's your fucking pad. Here's your tablet, son. <laughs> yeah. So, but like the meat and potatoes for me is always once Wiley burp shows up and when they start yeah. the training, which again, dude happens with 10 minutes left in this movie. It's a great yeah. beat though. Great bits. They, they skim through. I will say this. Um, listening to just the cement mixer <laughs> voice of Jimmy Stewart in this, oh, like yeah. it, it weighed heavy on me. Last, it, last it pulled me credit. out of the. Yeah, because we had talked about that. It pulled me out of the movie because all I could imagine was what state was he in when he was recording this? Because. <laughs> He doesn't give a bad performance, but it feels no, no, no. so labored, right? It's like just... in it, but he gets to that final scene, right? Yeah. And he's wandering up, and I was just like, "Holy fuck!" Like he was making me cry. My kids are like, "Why are you crying?" I was like, "That voice belongs to one of the greatest actors who's ever lived." And I was like, "Even though it's a fucking dumbass cartoon dog named Wiley Burp." When he starts talking, right, the, the whole town's about to die because they fucking shot up the water tower. Right, yeah. So they got flowers, but they'll all be dead of dehydration yeah, it was real, in a month. Actually, watching it today, I was like, oh, wow, this is like a real Amort and Joe thing going on. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> and so Wiley Burp's like, I better just go die by myself in the desert. Right. But he sits there and he looks, and he's, he gives Fievel his badge. He gets his real-life fucking dream badge. I'm all teared up already. Yeah. Because <laughs> that storyline will work on me no matter what. And he, he has a couple lines in there, right? He goes, uh, maybe a real hero is the last one to hear about it. And then he starts in on this, like, I don't know what's out there. You know, one man's sunsets, another man's dawn. And I'm like, no, don't say it. And I'm weeping up. And he just goes, you know, I think you'll find that one day you're the hero you're looking for. Yeah. After he does this whole speech about how he's going to wander off. And I was fucking bawling. And it's it's also and it's because it's jimmy stewart giving the speech like and he you just, know it's his last movie you can hear it in his voice yeah i mean it's he's like oh and again even though yeah he is like it's like jimmy stewart getting run over by like 10 vespas and like he goes on the last leg it still is jimmy fucking stewart there's like, still a couple beats where, like, you can hear that little twinkle yeah. that well, like, made him so magical. The one that I always point to is when, so they're in the middle of the big battle with the cats, and Miss Kitty's about to get tossed by that fucking weirdo spider, which I don't really, I don't know what that character is, but. Was that she, actually, that was the John Lovitz character, right? Was it really? I think that's the one John Lovitz voiced, yeah. Oh, uh, yes, you're right. T.R. Chula. <laughs> tarantula <laughs> right they have some really on the nose wordplays but Dig it. when tiger's about to when tiger goes ape shit and becomes yeah. goes like full dog and he does have this great like jimmy stewart like, goes, oh, i never taught him that and you're like oh it is he said sam he's there he's there it reminded me of uh, that <laughs> moment in hook right yeah where yeah. like he what he fucking wipes robin williams face he smushed it he's there like you are there you are <laughs> It's the panda man, right? Like, that's how Jesus I Jesus Christ, it. it's so on point, yeah. By the way, another movie that if it wasn't four hours long, we should definitely watch on this show. Hook? 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I fucking Here's something I found Hook. that a big chunk of film Twitter talks shit about Hook, and I would play I will a defend home run derby baseball game against any of you. Yeah. Absolutely. That movie fucking ruled. I still remember going to Kmart and getting my coconut sword. They actually yep. made the ding, ding, and the Captain Hook hand that had three hooks. You could uh, ratchet up and down. I remember uh, the the toys that came out, and the uh, Peter Pan toy was not Robin Williams. <laughs> Just some dirty dog it snuck was, in. It was like, oh, but let's make him look like I, – because I, I always thought um, – He's got like a little Orlando Bloom look. You're yeah, like, the, uh, literally, this? it's like Orlando Bloom and Ryan Reynolds became a toy, and they got melted <laughs> together, and that that's what the that's what the Peter Pan from Hook was. I was like, this is a jip. It's not even. I remember as a kid, I was like, this isn't even Robin Williams. Yeah, but it's, anyways, <laughs> anyways, speaking of magical childhood, mem- that should be a commentary. That'd be a good one. That's That'd long one. though, but we'd have to really bunker in for it. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know, man. I just just re- revisiting this though. There were so many moments I fell in love with. Like the one that really fucking rocked me was when she sings to get everyone off the cat trap, right? Can't or mouse trap you at the see end. You're in a mouse trap. Yeah. yeah. Run, run, run. And she gets off, right? But the fight's over. And Catterwall now has like this fucking baby king thing going on. Yeah, yeah. Um but when she goes oh, up she to the water, she puts the water in her hands that have her doll face yep. and she washes it off and takes her own face back. And that's what I was like. There's a lot of like big boy storytelling yeah. happening in this. There are a lot of it these really, really was hitting me a beats. lot today. Yeah, a lot of really and, beautiful beats about being OK if you feel different like that, I think, is the thing that I always drew from it. And I saw more today was that, yeah, like. If you want to do something that's a little off, that's a little different, it's a little outside the norm, like that's okay. And like I you know, like I think this is another thing too, and you saw it a lot in movies like this from the nineties, and the thing that I always liked about the Moskowitzes is they never judged Fievel for being a daydreamer kid. They never judged mm-hmm. Tanya for him to be a singer. They just were supportive like parents and like The mom would s- give him little like snipes. But not, like, like mean. Cut, like, more like, hey, you're late. Like, those kinds of things that you would normally get, but never, like, get your head out of the clouds, kid. Like, it was always yeah. this really supportive thing, and I think it's because um, uh, Papa Moskowitz is a violinist. He's an artist himself. So there's a lot of this, I want to pass this down to you. Like, this dreamer mentality is very important to me, and, like, I, I, I always liked that well, today, particularly watching it. I also think it was a real fear of the immigrant communities, right? This this rush to assimilate into American culture. Oh, absolutely. Which was barely even a thing at the time. So I, I think that finding a way to expose what you want to and not feeling the need to be what you want to, right? Like, that's what Catterwall is. Catterwall is the American dream. And then he gets exposed, right? right. And they, they have kind of the opposite journey. And at the end, Fievel fucking flips his hat back to his little Newsies hat. And it's yep. fucking adorable, man. Um, I don't know. I, I was really impressed with how much wonderful work there was happening in this movie, right? It yeah. it felt like one of those I was afraid I was going to watch and be like, woof. Like, we used to have <laughs> shitty cartoons when I was I was curious kid, how right? you'd react because I'm like, I don't know – if this one's going to be the the vibe. But, I mean, with kids, it's still I it's loved better. every second of it. Yeah. And it was great to watch it with my kids. I think it still holds up. 
I think it's exceptionally like it. It obviously doesn't have the heft of an American Tale. No, that is truly one of the most exceptionally made animated films ever. Agreed. Um, there's a different weight to that movie than this one. Yeah, but th- this one still has enough of that and layers on a lot of. I mean, Dom DeLuise gives a cartoon performance for the ages. Yeah, um, he's so fucking funny. It's like the the melding of that voice and wit. With that character is just flawless. It's so good. Yeah, the Jimmy Stewart beat had me crying. I liked her finally, like having someone who appreciated her mm-hmm. singing. Um, I just like like the scene when they get Fievel back. Oh, right. It's just they're building the and he wipes the little window and sees his pair. Oh my I, god, dude! It's it's. I just, remember as a kid. I love it. Being, I remember when I saw it when I was a kid, being worried. I'm like, are we gonna do another one of these where he's just lost? Like, I remember, like, that – I was a Wanderer kid when I was younger, so, like, getting lost happened a lot, and that was really bad. Like, I – like, I was one of those kids where they're like, is that kid on a uh, leash? Like, yep. Like, that was one of those kids because, like, my parents (laughs) knew I would just walk away You had, like, the the studded dog collar? Yeah. Um, Like, there's another story when I was a kid where I was, like, playing with a – he's not our uncle anymore, but I was playing with one of my uncles, and he was – uh jumping we were jumping off the uh, on and off elevators and he jumped off an elevator in a mall and the door closed behind him and he didn't realize that i hadn't jumped so like it turned into this whole thing but yeah like <laughs> i remember when i saw american tale as a kid and then five goes west being really in touch with this like oh this kid daydreams he wanders there's this thing where he can get lost really easily and i think that's why I liked these movies when I was a kid. And while, yeah, American Tale is much heavier. Like, this is about, this is the immigration experience of a lot of people going through Ellis Island. Five Goes West is about wanting the American dream to work out. As opposed to wanting the American dream, wanting the American dream to work out. That is what, that is what Five Goes West is about. Yeah, it just I'll keep going further and further into this country hoping to find it. Yeah. Um I I just thought it was wonderful, man. Sharing it with my kids again was awesome. That's it for an American tale. Fifle goes it's west. Beautiful. That's not it. Uh Daddy has us on on the cross. He's not giving us a safe word. He's pulling out his pliers. Jeez. So we better keep delighting Dandy or else it could get happening? real gross up in here. Whatever How are you, you not want, already Daddy? feeling gross? This is a terrible thing. If that's what you like, Daddy. <laughs> I'm just giving you some uh, yes and opportunities, as I am one to do. If you guys would like to say yes to something, hopefully it's our Patreon. Patreon.com slash pod. You can find our uh, Patreon-exclusive library, meet our community, uh, vote on the movies, all kinds of fun stuff over there. Even pick your own double feature. Uh, we work really hard to try to make that worth your time, uh, guys. So if you could, patreon.com slash pod. The YouTube is philmalchemist. The email, philmalchemistpod at gmail.com. We're on all the socials you're on. Go ahead, get a hold of us. And uh, make sure you leave those ratings and reviews. Five star, a couple sentences, wherever and everywhere you find the pod. Um, as long as Daddy said we've been a good boy, we'll be back next week. With his next delights, Margin Call.
why are you putting it this way? Whatever you want, daddy. I hope it pleases daddy. Good lord. <laughs>